Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports. This is the NRL show, episode 21. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. No Alicia tonight, but we've got Tasha and we've got Stacey, and we are, well, we're all sitting here grinning, smiling after what was an amazing NRL grand final. A little bit sad that it's over, but at least tonight we can uh, we can recap that uh, that incredible clash. Um, yeah, what, what, what a performance, Tash. I'm going to throw it straight to you. Um, what was your key takeaway from the from the big dance? Uh, thanks, Dan. My key takeaway is that grand final, um, it was controlled by the kicking game. Um, you know, Souths may have won or evened up the score if they had a convert converted that one from the um, sideline. But Nathan Cleary's pinpoint kicking game was absolutely exceptional. There, there were kicks that were landing just before the try line to allow the chasers to drag them back into the goal for a repeat set time and time again. And it's the kicking game that won the grand final. Yeah, I, I thought that was a standout as well. You know, like for Penrith to win that grand final, it, it was off the back of off the back of Nathan's kicking game, and there's just so much risk to what he was doing on the biggest stage. If if that kick is half a metre off, you're giving the opposition a seven tackle set, and and you know that that can lead to points uh, on the biggest stage. So Tash, no, I like that one. Look, my biggest uh, takeaway was. I'm, I'm going to jump in and defend Cody Walker here because I know he's been copying it a little bit on social media, but Cody Walker is an out-and-out superstar. And for me, one of the points that I wanted to, I guess, raise is that the South Sydney Rabbitohs were not going to beat that football game if they just sat back and tried to grind it out with the Penrith Panthers. You know, they did not have, they did not have Latrell Mitchell on the night as a superstar that could break open that game. They had one player, and that was Cody Walker, and he had to take his opportunities. And I, I thought he had an incredible uh, game. You know, it's what you expect from Cody Walker. That that first try that he scored, you know, that that if they win the game, that goes down in history. Um, through the intercept, um, you know, what was the pass on? Absolutely didn't quite get the execution right. But also, too, and, and one of the things that people are overlooking is that last try. You know, he was screaming for the ball. He, he got the ball in his hands. Um, just the way in which he sort of, uh, you know, slowed the game up and was able to create the overlap on the outside for that last try. You know, they're a conversion and a field goal away from creating history there. So for me, I'm I'm, I'm jumping in there for Cody Walker. I thought he was remarkable despite the intercept. And, uh, yeah, I think he's only scratching the surface as well. Stace, what about yourself? What a grand final. Penrith finally get the monkey off their back. They get the premiership win. Um, I, I, it was an incredible game of football. Oh man, uh, for the 3.5 million people that turned like tuned into view, like, first of all, how crazy are those numbers? Second of all, what a game to watch, right? And uh, I guess, you know, I thought the momentum was swinging after the Cody Walker try, and I was a little bit worried. Um, but it was just a, ma- a matter of maintaining for the Panthers and being patient enough to take the opportunities as they come up, which Stephen Crichton did with that, that intercept, which leads me to my key takeaway and what I've been saying all season is that defense wins premierships. So, I mean, essentially the bunnies, you know, fought as hard as they could and, uh, but they forced their own errors, which unfortunately for Adams Reynolds was the points that could have seen the win. So, but what a game. All right, guys, well, let's jump into our first segment tonight. And our first segment is all balling in. 
uh, this segment we pick out a particular play to focus in on, and well, well, we've picked one of the best players in the game and someone who, yeah, well, they won themselves a Clive Churchill medal. Every franchise has had tons of great players and legendary personalities, but who stands out above the rest? Is Cameron Smith this outstanding leader? Thurston, he hits it, he's yes! got it! He's got the field goal! Andrew Jock, inside for Elba. You just knew something special was going to happen. Promise we have picked well. What a what a player, what a performer. Uh, on this week's episode, we're going to be diving in on Nathan Cleary. Tasha, I'm going to throw it straight to you because you know th- this has been some time in the making for for what Nathan Cleary's just achieved in terms of getting a premiership. Um, you know, it, it, it dates back through to his junior years coming through the system there. But um, you know, it, it's it's been a, a remarkable rise for such a talented young playmaker. Yeah, Nathan Cleary, what a guy. I mean, like. We talk about his kicking game, but he's always the first one in there, you know, um, tackling as well. So he's played both sides of the ball is incredible. Um, But just to play this final series with that, Massive shoulder injury. It just shows his courage, you know, his resilience, his mental toughness for a relatively young player um, is absolutely outstanding. And he knew that he was going to be targeted and yet he just took it all in his stride. He He's a great captain and I see him as a future, you know, New South Wales and Australian captain. Yeah, there's there's just something special about uh, well about him as a leader, that's for sure. And um, Stacey, to Tasha's point, in and around this shoulder injury, I, I think that that is one thing that we definitely wanted to highlight is, you know, if if you're playing for a team that's not in contention, when you're told the news of of how severe that injury was, that that's that's your season over. You go and get your shoulder surgery. You're done for the year. You know, that's how serious this shoulder injury was. Not for Nathan. He went away. He did some rehab. He sort of put it together. Uh, threw a few bandages and a couple of band-aids on that, um, pulled it together. And uh, I mean, what, what, what a performance, but also too the sacrifice to put your body on the line to go out there and try and win a premiership. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, reading the commentary around Ivan Cleary and, and what he said about the rest of his team, how he was actually scared that he was going to lose, you know, four players within the first 10 minutes of that grand final. Um, for me, Nathan's best game was the game that he returned from that shoulder injury because the whole commentary was like, he's going to have to take it easy. Um, But he did not. He went hard that game. I actually think he scored a try that game. He took on the line um, and he got hit. But for me, that really showed me what kind of player he was because he showed up for the boys when he wasn't at his best, which meant that the boys showed up for him, um, which ideally and, and what, ended the championship like the premiership run for them it was that they were all as hurt as each other but they're all doing it for each other and when you talk about Nathan Cleary and that shoulder injury and I mentioned before you know he's young and he's he's his mental toughness is awesome there was a lot of commentary around comparing him um to Cooper Cronk but I'm going to take it one step further and yes he did a Cooper Cronk because he steered his team um to victory but he got heavily involved himself. So, you know, what is he, 23? You know, 23-year-old compared to Cooper Cromp is outstanding, but to actually get more physical and do the same job, wow, hats off to Nathan Cleary. Yeah, and and let's dig in on his journey, uh, Nathan Cleary, because it is an interesting one. I think, 
you know, in the NRL and in rugby league, we're always looking for that next superstar. You know, we're always looking out for that junior star. And I, I think there's one thing to be a young, talented halfback and to be sort of labelled as the next big thing, but it's a completely different thing to actually make it happen, you know, because it is so rare. You know, a lot of times, okay, this, this kid, he, he, you know, he's, he's you know, won, won everything at junior level. He's going to be the next big thing, and it often flames out. Nathan Cleary is one of those rare circumstances where, you know, there were all eyes on him. There was so much pressure um, since the second he stepped into first grade, but he's delivering and, you know, who knows where where, where he's going to go to as a player. Um, Tash, I, I guess, you know, something to sort of, uh, something that we, that we wanted to sort of touch on too with Nathan Cleary is he came into the game as a very conservative player. You know, he was a, he was a game, he was a modest game manager to, to be honest. And I think, you know, when, when you see these young, flashy playmakers arrive in the NRL, you're like, right, that guy, he's going to be the player that's going to, over the next four, five, six years, he's going to actually dominate this year. That's what makes Nathan Cleary's story a little bit unique is he didn't, he didn't exactly um, set the world on fire when he arrived in the NRL. Yeah, you're right, Dan. And I think that's where Nathan Cleary's longevity lies in this game is that he didn't come in trying to do everything single flashy thing perfectly he came in with with us with a skill set he nails that skill set and then his game grows and then he nails the next skill and then his game grows and that's what's going to make him you know one of these all-time halfbacks that we will all remember and I think too, um, you know, Alicia, I think in our last episode, we were talking about how Nathan actually wasn't the best player when he was younger. You know, he was a part of these women winning championships teams and, um, but he actually wasn't that flashy or standout here. He just had really good fundamentals. And what I love about Cleary is, is like, obviously his kicking game is like that. The grand final was one of the best, best kicking games that we've seen, um, of all time almost and it's such a craft and and Nathan just makes it look effortless and it's this new generation of the kicking game which is 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 he's going to be spearheading this right so the little kind of the little playbook of kicks that he's kind of working on at the moment that's what the next generation is going to be like and and you can see you know and we've talked about it in our NFL podcast that you know the special teams aspect of football is equally as important as your offense and your defense so that kicking mentality and, and the way that he's building the new kicking game is, is just, I mean, I don't know where it's going to end up in the next couple of years, but if, if we're looking at halfbacks who can put those pinpoint kicks on different styles of kicks, when, where, however you like them, like it's going to be crazy to watch the next generation come through. Absolutely, Stace. Could not agree with you more. We saw his, you know, curly, if you like, along the ground banana kicks in the final series. We saw him actually aiming at the goalposts. We saw him um, kick from dummy half on maybe tackle two or three right on the line. And then we saw him in the grand final, not pull all those tricks out because he can do it. He pulled out the pin, you know, the, the perfect kicks for what was needed at the time. So he's got all the arsenal and more importantly, he knows when to use them. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess he set the bar pretty high now for other playmakers in the game because, you know, for, for a lot of years there were, you know, the superstars in the game that, that had, you know, a lot, a lot of Cleary skill set when it came to kicking. But, you know, a lot of the times this is the NRL. This, this is the elite uh, rugby league competition on the planet. On fifth tackle, you know, you've got someone that's, that's running, sprinting at you to take your head off. So often it's just kicking, praying, hoping, you know, for Nathan Cleary to your, to your points. Um, yeah, he's certainly using it as a weapon. And, yeah, what a weapon that is. 
I, I guess another thing that I wanted to talk about is, you know, Nathan's personality. And I, I think you look at his father, he's his coach, and you can kind of see where he sort of got that from. But for me, it's something that I've circled. And I think it's something that's really, really important to Penrith uh, in their future because, you know, they, they have a lot of, you know, uh, Tash, they have a lot of outgoing personalities in that group. They have a lot of guys that want to have fun. And, you know, it's very difficult to kind of manage that in, in a way in which you can sort of continue to win premierships, I guess. So for me, whilst Nathan Cleary is the most important player to Penrith on the field, off the field as a leader and the way in which he influences that group, that's also really important for him moving forward. Yeah, he's surrounded by a lot of his mates and he's come up through the footy ranks with those mates and some of them are fabulous personalities and, you know, really um, outgoing. Um, But then you've got Nathan and Nathan somehow has this awe, this presence that he's able to lead that group and the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. He's got the same sort of temperament as as his dad in Ivan. I think I mentioned last week that, you know, you go to the coach's box when one of the players makes a crucial error and all the audience love to see Ricky Stewart or, you know, Craig Bellamy have a spray, but you don't get that from Ivan. So, yeah, I think um, his composure and his temperament is, is very much um, in his DNA. And, Stacey, we saw that in the grand final, didn't we? Because he was probably screaming on the inside. You know, this, you know we, we were saying, you know, off air is that, you know, this grand final was a lot closer than what, what a lot of people kind of anticipated. You know, this could have all derailed for the Penrith Panthers because, oh, here we go again game's close, anyone's game. But to Tasha's point, Nathan Cleary's out there like he's hanging out washing, you know. He's, uh, he's, his pulse rate must have been incredible. But, um, yeah, Stace, that, that's that's so important coming into the big games, and that's certainly something that he's been able to show on the biggest stage this season, you know, whether it's in origin or at grand final. Cool, calm, composed, and that has a huge influence on the team. And I think that he's he's such a good role model, you know, for the kids coming up because, you know, he's not one to lose his temper. He's not one to make, you know, bad, like when he makes decisions, he owns those decisions. Um, but more, you know, more importantly, he can, you know, round up the likes of Jerome Luai and Brian Toto and be like, hey, you guys are so much fun, but let's calm it down. We've got a job to do. Um, and, and it takes a kind, a, a special kind of player and a special kind of person to be able to, you know, navigate that energy that must be in that team. Like I, I imagine like just, you know, vibes of like lightning just constantly flickering in that team when they're on a good spark. And for Nathan to be able to rein it in and go, let's just calm it down. Let's control our game. Um, you know, he's, he's definitely one of, one of the best role models up and coming in the sport, definitely. And Tasha, another thing that I've sort of uh, highlighted here for Nathan Cleary is where he's playing. You know, I, I think it's a really interesting study when you think of, because, you know, let's speak frankly, Nathan Cleary is on the trajectory. If he's not already, he's a superstar in the game. He could have, he could be one of the, the most special players that we've seen in a very, very long time. But if you're at a struggling football club, it's very, very difficult for you to actually, I, I guess, on your own, win a premiership. Because, I, and, I, and I guess that's what's most exciting about Nathan Cleary is we have got a superstar in our game that plays in a very, very good football team. I mean, it's so important. If it wasn't, Jonathan Thurston would have more than one premiership. So, yeah, talk to us a little bit about how lucky we are as fans to have Nathan Cleary playing with the Penrith Panthers and, you know, what what the next five years looks like. 
Yeah, I think if you're um, a Panther supporter, you can sort of kick back and certainly um, book yourself a, a spot in the finals for the next few years because these players have come through together. They've been brought through um, all the younger younger grades. Um, uh, they enjoy each other's company. They play football for each other. Um, they they know just like a, a kinesthetic sense. They know where their where their mates are going to be on the field, and they know where Nathan needs them to be. So, yeah, Nathan is a superstar, but he's certainly surrounded by some talent that'll keep the Panthers in the finals for quite a few years to come. Yeah, and speaking of talent, I think we need to give another rap to Dylan Edwards. Like the dude played with a broken foot for a month. Um, you know, we've, we've been talking that we, no one's speaking his praises and, and finally he's getting a little bit of recognition, but he had to play with a broken foot for a month for people to notice. Like, what the hell? For new listeners to Mojo Sports, we're on a little bit of a campaign to, I guess, lift the profile of, of Dylan Edwards. So we were kind of first on the Dylan Edwards train and, uh, yeah, wow, he certainly he certainly delivered. I mean, I, I kick my toe and I, and I take a week and a half off work. So the fact that he played uh, such an elite performance with a broken foot, um, incredible, incredible stuff. And Stace, you know, I, I guess the last thing just to round out, round out on Nathan Cleary is rugby league. It's a, I, I guess what, what makes it so special is a lot of the storylines that come with it and how they could, I guess the sliding doors moments that, that, that could occur. I mean, you know, if, if we just go to a, a parallel universe for a moment, I mean, the Penrith Panthers won this game 14 points to 12 they were a conversion and a field goal away from losing this premiership. I mean, the whole narrative is completely different for, for Nathan Cleary, and I guess uh, it, rugby league, it, it, it's a funny sport. Yeah, of course. Like, and, that's, and I've said that that's the reason why we watch sports, right, It's to keep us on this tenterhook of is it going to go the way I think it's going to go, this is good, and then you've got the invisible game player that is momentum, right, that can shut down or give you extra um, sometimes it just sits there in the background and just messes with you for a little bit. And, uh, you know, as a spectator, it was one of the best games that, you know, we've seen all season, one of the best grand finals that I've seen in a very, very long time. And, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, it goes to show that, uh, you know, the Panther Panthers have finally come out and, and the whole area was just like so proud, you know, all the TikTok videos of, of you know, the boys' neighbourhoods and, you know, the parades that were going on. Like I'm in the inner west and, and I was getting cars, you know, beeping, beeping their horns all day, grand final day, and it was such an atmosphere. And uh, I'm so sad it's over. I'm so sad it's over. All right, guys, well, let's jump into our next segment now, the match. And, look, as always in the match, we pair two incredible players. They go toe-to-toe. And this week, well, we have two remarkable players from the recent grand final, and, yeah, they're competing for the number one hooker dummy half position. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble. All right, and this week on the match, well, we have the Battle of the Dummy Halves. And, Tasha, I'm going to throw it straight to you because, you know, this is a position that has changed uh, over over a period of time. You know, there was a time where, you know, it was a simple job. You, you got in there, you picked up the ball, you threw it like a watermelon off the back of a truck. But uh, there is so much science uh, to this position now. But... I guess the two players that we're going to be looking at in the match is none other than Damian Cook, a player that you are very passionate about there at the South City Rabbitohs. He's coming up against Api Corusau, uh in the Penrith Panthers. Let's start with you. Let's start with Damian Cook because, yeah, wow, what a football player. 
Yeah, definitely. Look, I think Damien Cook is still the most dangerous um, dummy half in the game today. Um, He had more runs this year from dummy half than any other hooker, which shows that he's always looking to take advantage of a quick play the ball or a lazy marker. So... Damien Cook, he, he does the work in defence, he gives great service and, well, hey, he's taking the most runs from dummy half. He's still the most dangerous dummy half in the game. Yeah, and Stacey, and let's dig in on it because, you know, Damien Cook, whilst, you know, he has one of the best jobs in the world in terms of some of the superstars that surround him, he also has one of the most difficult because, to Tasha's point, Damien's ability to make the right play at the right time, it, it's just it, it's unrivaled at the moment in the game. I mean, you know, knowing when to duck out of dummy half, but also to when to give the ball to Cody, when to give the ball to Adam Reynolds. And then you've got this guy called Latrell Mitchell who also needs a little bit of football. And, and you've got a split second to make the right decision. And, and Damien, he just seems to make it time after time. Yeah, and I think it's his ability to weigh up what's in front of him. You know, he's just such a, an eyes-up eyes up footballer, um, you know, and, and I think, you know, it goes to show, you know, over the weekend, uh, you know, when, when he was, when he scooted off out of dummy half, I thought he was away for sure. And, and that's the thought that you always have when Damien Cook is in that position. Um, you know, when he goes, he's going to go and it's going to go for a big one. Um, but, I mean, you have to take into consideration too, you know, he had 14 offloads, you know, this season and, that that's massive, which leads to his ability to be such, uh, you know, a, a, a good a good dealer with the ball, really, especially giving it out to all those other talented players, especially like Latrell Mitchell. Um, but yeah, it's definitely his leadership um, that is. It's a fascinating. He's got a fascinating personality type that fits in with the bunnies and with those big personalities of Gagai and Walker and Latrell and and all the other boys. And he just. He's quite diminutive, but uh, he's definitely, like Tasha said, one of the best in the game at the moment. Yeah, and Tasha, I, I guess for Damien Cook, it's uh, you know he's he's the current Australian incumbent uh, hooker. Uh, obviously, he's there in the New South Wales Origin jersey, and he has quite a few players that are nipping out at his heels. We're going to talk about Appy in a second. There's another young player down there in Melbourne who's in a similar position. But you know, Damien, I, I think one of the most impressive things for me is that. You know, there was a period of time where you felt like teams might have figured him out. You know, he did, you know, duck out a dummy half and that appeared to be, you know, 99% of his game. But uh, to Stacey's point, he's he's worked on his game. He's got different elements. He's able to slow the game down, speed it up. Um, and obviously his service to his playmakers is, is world class. But I, I guess, you know, he continues to, to, to uh, I guess, develop his game. And I guess that, that's what keeps him at, at, at the top of uh, at the top of the sport. Yeah, look, I I actually cannot fault him. Um, he's he he is the Australian incumbent, and I think he still will be um, for this year for sure. If if not into next year, he's he's got that um, world class experience as well. Like he's played twelve state of origin, so he's got that level head, and he's never sat back and thought, "I've got this spot." You know, I'm the fastest out of dummy half. I've take the most runs he as he said he keeps developing his game and his service is outstanding and the way he controls that tempo is is just phenomenal I think it's interesting too because I think uh, in a previous episode we were speaking about Damian Cook we mentioned how much of a late starter he was uh, you know he didn't bust onto the scene and was really awesome straight away it took him a little while to get going and and like you said Dan, it was, you know, running out of dummy half was 99% of his game. Um, but I think because of his age, he was actually able to go. He wasn't 
he didn't take it for granted that he was resting on his laurels. And to Taj's point, he did take that extra step and develop, you know, his pass selection now is a lot better than what it used to be. Yeah, and, and I, I think what's exciting about Damien is that he just freshened up the position uh, in, in the NRL. You know, like it's 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 not easy, but, you know, one of the things that became quite common uh, in rugby league was to have a hooker that went out there, made 50 tackles, made most of them, maybe a couple of misses here or there, but they just didn't give you anything in attack. There was no creativity. Damien Cook has started this evolution at the position where, you know, if, if, if you're not careful, these modern-day hookers, that they'll, they'll score a couple of tries themselves. So, um, you know, what he's done for the sport has been has been incredible. Um, there was a guy that came before him that was a little bit special there in Cam Smith, but, um, no, Damien Cook, he's certainly got some runs on the board already. All right, guys, well, let's jump over and talk a little bit about his competitor his competitor tonight, and that's Api Korosau for the Premiership-winning uh, Penrith Panthers. Uh, Tash, going to start with you because Appy, he's had an interesting journey, but again, you know, he continues to find some of his best form of his career. Yeah, we spoke uh, last week and it's well documented. Uh, his work rate is phenomenal. Um, and to the point where he, he was averaging, you know, um, close to 50 or, or early 50 in the tackle count. And then um, people started to stepping back and having a look and going, well, anybody that's pulling off 50 tackles in a game, you're going to lose your strike power. And somebody definitely has had a word to him in that in that respect because in the grand final, yeah, he did some, some wonderful work in defence, but it was still around like the low to mid 40s so that he's got a little bit more time um, to have a breather. And then you saw his great scoots from dummy half. Yeah, Appy, um, phenomenal workload and and great little hooker. Stacey, one of the things that we wanted to touch on with Appy too is he, he's racked up some test matches as well. He's got 16 appearances for Fiji. And, you know, this is something that me and you have spoken about uh, a little bit as well is the importance of, you know, uh, I, I guess growing the game. You know, we follow a, a few other sports that are a little bit more global. And, look, we we love rugby league. It's absolutely massive in Australia. It's massive um, in and around our area. But, you know, uh, I, I guess Appy's service to Fiji, it, it's so important. And, again, it's, it's another arena in which he's dominated. Yeah, definitely. You know, there's 16 test matches, like you said, for Fiji. Um, and, you know what, we, we've spoken to athletes in before um, about – going back to Fiji and giving back because it is such a massive community down there. But not only is it a massive community, they're also phenomenal athletes. And his work rate, like like as we've said, as a coach, as long as he's not carrying an injury that's keeping him completely off the field, you know he's an 80-minute player and he will give you every like last second of those 80 minutes. No, he's uh, definitely a special player and, um, you know, definitely an idol for, for a lot of younger players coming through there in Fiji. And, and, and Tash, I, I guess, you know, we're always thinking about ways in which we can better promote our sport. How, how's this for a highlight reel? Well, what if we did a recording of Appy Corusau at five foot six? And I, I think that might be a little bit generous. Sorry, Appy, but five foot six. And, and he is cutting guys in, I mean, 110 kilos, 115, 120 kilo Guys, Nelson Asafa Solomona. I mean, Appy Corusau rarely misses a tackle. I mean, if you want to promote rugby league and show people what this what this sport's all about, I mean, Appy should be you know one of the poster boys for for the game. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't think he'd be ninety kilos ringing wet, and yet he can bring down these big you know one ten one twenty kilo um, athletes. It shows that um, rugby league is a game for all shapes and sizes, and. He pulls off 50 tackles a game. 
and it shows that it's all about technique and he's really got that nailed. He, he, just, he just really cuts them down. And, and Stace, I, I guess, you know, in the match, we, we, we can't sit on the fence. We've obviously got to pick a winner here. So where are you going here? You know, obviously, Appy, he's been pushing Damien Cook, uh, you know, all the way. There were, there were whispers at the start of the season that, you know, they, they should have probably gone with Appy to have a full Penrith feel to that State of Origin team. But uh, who are you going here? Who do you think is the better hooker in the game at the moment? Is it Appy Coruscant or is it Damien Cook? Oh, Right now, it's definitely Damien Cook, just because of his veteran experience, just because he is that, uh, you know, he's that new modern day hooker. Um, and I think he's still got a good couple of years left in him. Yeah, no, look, that's a good selection. For me, I've got to go with Damien as well. I mean, it was very, very close at the start of the season. And that's how quickly rugby league can change. You know, you've got to continue to evolve. You've got to continue, uh, you know, no one cares about what you've done previously. You've got to continue building your resume. And uh, Damien's certainly done that. And I think he can take a lot of credit for where the South Sydney Rabbitohs got to uh, in their season after losing the troll and the fact they were able to get to the grand final. One try away from winning a premiership, I think Damien Cook can take a lot of responsibility for that. So for me, I think Damien's got the edge there and will continue to hold out uh, there as the as the test hooker. Um, Tash, what about yourself? I, I think, again, I think I know where you're going with this one, but um, yeah, tell us a little bit more about, about Cookie and, and where you see him as a player right now. Yeah, Dan, Stace, I don't think we've ever had a clean sweep, um, but we've got it this time. I am going with um, Damien Cook and... For all the reasons that we've said, but in particular, just because the threat he poses around the ruck, it just puts the whole defensive team in two minds. And, yeah, uh, uh, Appy Corusel, great, great number nine. But I've got to give it to Damien Cook. All right, guys, well, let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Yeah, and this week on Rapid Fire, we've got an interesting question as we, well, as we move into the offseason. No test football this year, but Tasha Stacey, next year, we have the Rugby League World Cup, which we're all very excited about. So so our way too early predictions for the Australian kangaroo spine. Uh, Tasha, going to start with you. At the moment, who is your one, six, seven, and nine for Australia? Okay, I'm going to go away from the from the obvious and have um, Tedesco at fullback. I am actually going to put Turbo in at fullback, and I'm going to put Tedesco in at 5'8". Why? Because he can play 5'8". Obviously, you cannot go past um, Nathan Cleary in the number seven, and we've just been raving about um, Damian Cook at the number nine. So anybody that thinks, oh, look, Tedesco's the number one fullback should keep the fullback position, let's think about this. You put Tedesco in at the number six and imagine the space that he can create for Turbo, either coming through the middle or on the edge. I think that would be Awesome combination. So I'm going uh, Turbo, Tedeschi, Tedesco, Cleary and Cook. Tasha, I think we'd have to introduce the mercy rule there if you uh, <laughs> if you had that combination, but I love that. Let's get the best players. Um, let's squeeze them into that football team. Look, for me, um, yeah, look, I, I went with Tedesco at, at, uh, at, the, at number one. My halfback was Nathan Cleary and my nine is Damian Cook. A little bit unsure about my six. At the moment, I've got Cam Munster, but really needs to have a strong 2022 because at the moment Jerome Luai he is right there and I think to your point Tasha this is something that I think Mal Meninga 
will be looking at is he'll just stack his football team. He will pick the best players and he'll try and find spots for them. So, you know, Cam Munster, you know, he could probably play lock as a ball-playing lock. You know, you could probably find a position for him. So he's going to have to have a big season next year. He's a great player. But, you know, this is this is what happens when you're trying to pick an Australian Kangaroos team is that all, all positions are open um, and there is often three, four, five, six, seven players that could play in that spot. Stacey, it is a difficult question, but um, yeah, give us your spine for the way too early predictions for the Rugby League World Cup. Yes, it's way too early, way too early. But I'm going to go with Taj. I'm going to have Turbo at one. I'm going to go with both you and go with Cleary at seven. I'm going to go Damian Cook at nine, but I'm going to put Cody Walker in at my sixth um, because, you know, we've discussed Cody Walker and how he is that naturally instinctive playmaker that I just would love to see what he can do with the rest of that talent around him. Um, you know, he deserves that Jersey and, and, you know, he needs to be in the six. We've said that he can't go anywhere else. Cause it's just, it's just not his game. It's not his position. So that's where he needs to be. Um, you know, a caveat to Damien Cook is that Harry Grant um, is on the up and coming. And I think he might be a pretty good pink up, pick up there as an explosive playmaker off the bench. Yeah, absolutely. And I think something to think about, especially in a World Cup campaign, is you will have a few pool matches where you're kind of feeling confident and you might give some of your, you know, some of your, I guess, traditionally your Australia B type players an opportunity. So, um, yeah, I I think you guys are on the money. These are the types of players who, and and how's the motivation going into next season? You know, if you you continue to play well, there's an opportunity there to represent your country. And I think that that's, uh, I think that's pretty pretty special all right guys well look that's all the time we have just want to thank my amazing panel uh, as we talk all things uh, rugby league and to our listeners we really hope you enjoyed tonight's episode if you did please download the podcast find us on social media say hello we're available on all platforms and until next week we'll see you then You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.